GM, GM, everyone, bonjour, guten morgen, dobreja utra, labrit. That is basically the way how we do it here in Web3 space in Europe. We're happy to have everyone on weekly episode of Origins XYZ, the Web3 show about the origins of the biggest OGs in the space with, you know, this European spirit. We're live every Tuesday, 2 p.m. GMT or 9 a.m. EST for those who are coming from the U.S. And as always, I'm your host, Nikita Tsikaluk, and I'm here to grow, to build together with you. Make sure that you share the space with your friends, families. That's exactly what I just did, because we are life. And today with me, I have a good friend, a true visionary of Web3 fashion and the technology development in Web3 space, the founder of Admin1-9DCC, G-Money himself. GMGM, G once again. GM, GM, how are you? you? You said you're in Croatia right now? I'm in Latvia. I'm in, oh, in Europe, Latvia. but not that okay. far away. How, uh, how cold is it over there? It is cold, man. Today it's one grad degree. In three days from now, it will be 15. So the weather here is crazy. I'm happy that I'm going to New York in a couple of days. I'm happy that I'm going to see all of you there, guys, because I really depend on weather. I need good weather for me to function well. Let's put it this way. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I actually like the rain. I, I, it's funny because I was coming back from uh, getting coffee this morning and I realized that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like burnt grass uh, in PR right now. And I've been here now, I think, for a week and I don't think it's rained once. It usually rains at least a little bit like every day. So I, I have to look it up. But I think we might be going through a drought. But I actually do like especially when I'm indoors. And I'm working like I like I like a nice overcast day um, that I'm like, OK, cool. I have a good excuse to stay indoors because I feel like um, when it's really nice outside, I feel obligated that I have to go outside. I am this rare type of people who can work on my computer, even when computer is overheated, and like, I don't know, plus 30 grad degree outside. I'm this type of the guy who will be sweating, who will not see anything, just like eyes are almost closed, but I'm still working, and I, I enjoy. I enjoy sun, I enjoy being outside, so I do believe I'm complete opposite of what you do, but in any case, we're here, we're here today, and I want to give some context for people just to understand that this space have been for almost a year in making, even though it wasn't originally on Rag Radio, I do believe I reached you for the first time June of last year, if not May, to get an interview for Forbes. I didn't get an interview with, them, with you back then, but I wrote about you in Forbes a couple of times instead of that. I was trying to reach you back in September to get you on my show on YouTube, one-on-one -on -one interview, and I do believe at the time about you were doxxed. Instead of that, I met you a couple of times in real life, and we had lovely conversations, the last one back in Paris at NFT Paris, where you actually devoted maybe an hour with a half, one-on-one -on -one with me, and I, highly, I really appreciate that, because all the questions I had were answered back then. And right now you are here on my show, Origins XYZ on Rag Radio. I'm really happy that we finally made it. 
Because man, oh boy, you've been so active for the last year with the Hulk. So, so many things have been happening with you, with the admin one, with 9DCC. Iteration 3 activation is coming to New York specifically for NFT NYC next week. You have a lot of activities out there. You have a party. You have a scavenger hunt. All about it we're going to talk today. But before that, I want to start with a bit more simplified question, just to give some context for people about your background. I do believe the story about you being inspired by Apple products early uh, in your life, you having this entrepreneurial mindset back at school, but back at university, that's something that you have shared with people many, many times already, but something that I personally want to hear from you because the space that we're having today is about fashion, about building the fashion house in Web3. I want to ask you, G, what was this first aha moment when you realized that you want to have some connection with fashion world in your life? Were you a fashionista back at school, at university? Uh, was it mainly inspired by into the Metaverse, uh, Adidas launch or... What's the story there? Share with us. Yeah, what's up? Um, well, first off, thanks for having me on. Uh, I pinned a, a tweet at the top of this space for anybody that hasn't signed up for the Bodega Takeover next Wednesday. Please go there and sign up. It's free. It's uh, We're giving out Iteration 3 hats on a first-come, first-served basis. And Let's I actually, go! <laughs> I, I actually am... I'm in the middle of writing a Twitter thread that I started writing about an hour ago uh, on on something that we're, we're teasing today. So hopefully I get that out a little bit after this space. Um, but but yeah, and it should be a lot of fun. But to answer your question, Nikki, of like how uh, into fashion I was growing up, you know, it's I think it's it's really interesting. I, I haven't I don't think I've shared this story publicly, but, you know, I think. Like you said, I was always entrepreneurial, even from like a, a very young age. And uh, I remember in high school, like I made a couple t-shirts for, you know, like intramural teams for like certain like groups, like within within school and stuff like that. So I always had that that idea. Um, I also grew up, you know, when I graduated high school, it was uh, 2000. So I think fashionistas in the way they exist today didn't exist, I think, for for men growing up when I was younger, right? So it's like you take a look at hype beast culture and sneaker culture. That didn't exist when I was in high school. So like I'm I'm fairly certain that if um you know cop like copping drops and sneakers and and flipping sneakers was something that existed when I was in school, I definitely would have done that. Like I was the kid that um I got I think I had the first CD writer in school and uh, what, you know, and I had Napster, right? So I would literally go on Napster and I would download songs and I had this like songs that I wanted to hear. And I had this list of songs that like I would give people uh, like the list of it and I'd be like, you can get these in any order you want. And I'd sell CDs for like 15 bucks. Right. So like I always had like a hustle going on uh, and, you know, I definitely would have been into streetwear and sneaker culture if if it was big and existed when when I was that age growing up. So like I, I do think that I'd always I always had um, 
like was interested in fashion. I just think that, you know, because of like the time frame that I grew up in, it wasn't as, let's say, um, accepted to get into it uh, as as a teenage uh, boy growing up. So um, I was always interested. And I, I, I firmly believe like fashion is just very it's a very personal thing. Right. So how how I express myself, whether I'm into fashion or not into fashion is very personal. And like it says something about me. Uh, and I think the crazy thing that I always love about like just seeing people and how they dress is like we all here could have the same exact piece of clothing and we would all wear it differently. And the way we wear it differently would say something different about each of us. So I've, I've always been interested in it and I've always been entrepreneurial. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely had, like, I remember I used to write, I used to like doodle like logos of like what a fashion brand logo might be when I was in high school and I was bored. But, um, you know, I was always just I, I think I was always just like my mind was always running about like how how to do something entrepreneurial and, and make money. I love it. That's the exact mindset you need to have for a successful brand, for you to innovate, for you to come up with something new. And very often uh, that's what I get from successful founders being bored about how things are right now is one of the strongest motivators for people to start innovating, for people to start building. I do believe you shared the story of getting one-of-one private advisory a couple of years ago before you launched Admit One. I don't remember who was the person who was the OG you consulted with. Can you remind me? I mean, he's right here. He's right here in the crowd. Warren himself um, was, you know, because it, it was crazy because like two years ago, um, I, I would get a ton of phone calls from people. And like I got like people would be like, oh, this famous person wants to talk to you. So I spend like 30 minutes or an hour on the phone with them. I'd explain to them what NFTs were. And then they would like kind of mine me for information and then be like, oh, okay, cool. Like, thanks. Like if I go forward with this, I'll do something. Um, I'll do something with you. And then uh, I never hear from them again. And then like two or three weeks later, they're doing an NFT drop with somebody else. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I was like very angry about that. And so I was like, well, fuck it. Like if anybody wants to talk to me about NFTs, I'm just going to, you know, charge them 2000 bucks an hour. Because especially at that time, there wasn't anybody, I've, there weren't many people in the world that could talk about NFTs and understand it from like a business perspective. And one of them was actually Warren himself. He was, I, I think he was the first one um, to ever pay for a session. And um, I mean, it's been incredible to watch him grow in the space and become an expert himself. Uh, and like to say that, you know, I, I helped them come into the space. You know, we, I remember at the end, um, at the end of the call, he was like, well, I, I like, I want to buy, you know, what do you recommend I buy? And like, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't want to throw out recommendations. And he's like, no, no, gee, like, this is how much I have to spend. What should I buy? And we ended up buying a Chromie squiggle together. Maybe a couple of them together uh, before that session ended. And uh, I think, you know, I I don't remember the price. It was, it might've been under one ETH still at that point, but uh, it's been amazing to watch him go and and do uh, his own things. You know, everything that he's been doing in, in Europe and in Germany in particular, as well as, you know, creating the NFT magazine and, and all that stuff. So like to me, and I remember, 
I remember a couple months later, I think he was like, um, you know, I have people reaching out to me, asking me for consultations. And like, you know, I want to be respectful because you help me. I can send them to you. I was like, dude, no way. Like you, you do it. Like you teach them because I, you know, there's only so much time in the day and, you know, pay it forward. And like, it's been great to watch him, you know, have full time, um, have be in the space full time and help others and, and guide others in the space as well. So it's been really fulfilling from that, from that respect. That is obviously the best way to introduce Warren himself to everyone. And we absolutely love him. I do believe that when you started building Admit One, the community, when you had the question whether it should be 500 people, 1,000 people, 5,000 people, whatever, PFP community group of people, you didn't have that much of ideas for 9DCC back then, uh, even though you've been into fashion for a while. Am I right? No, I, I, I knew 90, like 90CC. I was working on in tandem with Emit One. Like I knew that 90CC was coming. So that that was something that you've been working all the time, but you were just waiting for the right time to launch, for the right people to join, and uh, for you to go further on. Yeah, I I wanted to build the right community, right? Because then, and that's been my my thought process the whole time, and the reason why I went with you know 1,000 instead of 5,000 or 10,000 is. I wanted a small community and it, it's funny because we were actually talking about this uh, in our community discord call on last Friday called FOMO Fridays, where it's, it's grown to become one of my favorite calls of the week where, um, you know, I, I firmly believe that you need to build a really strong and solid base and then it becomes super easy to scale. But the key is you need to build that strong base. And I think the problem with, you know, a 10,000 piece collection or community is that that's a really big base to start with if you've never run a community that big before so i really wanted to ease into it um you know do something where it's big enough that there's scale that it it proves that there's enough scale there but it's small enough that it's still manageable and you know kind of like pressure test all the things that we're doing and see how it works on this smaller scale because then it becomes super easy uh, to scale it up to something bigger. Right. And, and I, I've been really happy with the progress. We've been like heads down building and, you know, starting to implement like really cool things that I think are really fun and engaging and the community feedback so far, I think has been great. You have one of the, and I mean, we have at admin fun and that nine DCC, one of the biggest communities there for sure. Like people know us as, some of the biggest investors in Web3 space, some of the most active members, not only on Twitter, and uh, but in real life, with all these activations, with uh, iterations, T-shirts, and also caps that we're showing on stages, off stages, out there. But one thing that people usually don't ask you when they invite you on podcasts or interviews is your team. Shall we talk a bit about your 90CC team, people who are helping you to grow the brand, people who are working behind the curtain, and very often we don't even know who they are and what they do, but that's what helps you to grow such a 
sustainable and uh, successful brand. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we have about, uh, I'd say, five or six people on the team, right? Uh, there's Cigars and Dreams, who's my right hand, uh, who's my COO, who um, comes from corporate America, spent years at Fortune 500 companies, coming on to uh, one company pre-IPO uh, and helping them go through that IPO, the, p- reporting directly to the CMO and launching, you know, billion dollar product lines. So, you know, I, I think one of, one, of the, one of the things that I love hearing on feedback about my team when we work with other teams is how professional we are. And I really credit that to, to Cigars and Dreams. And there's Jiro as well, who's part of the team you know, who also has a lot of CPG experience and, and big uh, Fortune 500 experience. And to me, like, I think that's really important because it allows us to make sure we understand, like, you know, how, how do things work in the corporate world? And let's try to be as corporate as possible, right? Because you can only, you can only kind of fly by the seat of your pants and, 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 and live on hype for so long. So um, it's, been, it's been really awesome uh, to be working with them. There's Tom who, uh, who joined our team last year, and he's been great to work with based out of uh, the UK. And, and there's Aventurine, our community manager, who's been, you know, it, it's crazy because, um, you know, I met him at VCon uh, last year, uh, which was, you know, two or three days before we minted Admit One. And it was a chance encounter. And, you know, when we started Admit One, he was probably one of the most active members uh, in the community. And, you know, he told us he was looking for jobs in Web3. And we said, OK, well, why don't you know you come on as a community manager? And he's been crushing it. And I mean, if anybody's gone to, to any IRL events anywhere, you pro- you've probably met him. Uh, and I, I actually have no idea how he functions uh, sleeping so little at these events, but I mean, it's incredible to watch him work in real time and the amount of energy that he has. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think, and we've had this discussion a lot internally where, and I, I'm sure I, I'm super curious what, you know, and maybe Nikki, you know, the answer to this is like, what is it like in other communities where we had a conversation really early on where it's like, I bet like our next, you know, the majority of our hires from here on out come from within the community, right? Because you already have somebody that's passionate, that's spending time in there um, for free. And, you know, if, <clears throat> if they believe in the brand and they believe in the mission, you know, of course, they're going to want to be part of that team, as opposed to sometimes I get hit by people that's like, hey, I want to work for you uh, or I want to work with you. And they don't really know anything about what we're doing. It becomes really hard to say, all right, well, what do you know about the culture of our brand? Right. Like, and And I think you see that with with a lot of brands like in the real world, right? Where it's like, you know, you want the people that love the brand uh, to be working for the brand, right? Because they're gonna care about it more than somebody that just sees it as a job. So, you know, I the team um, has been executing amazingly uh, behind the scenes, right? It allows me the opportunity to come up and talk on a Twitter space like this. And, you know, I think I have, I think I have a couple other Twitter spaces today that, that I'm gonna be on, but it allows me to focus on getting the message out there because I know that they can execute. Right. And I know that, you know, when I, when I regroup with the team in a few hours, that there's going to be stuff that gets done and a progress that's made and, you know, hitting our KPIs and making sure we hit all of our milestones, milestones uh, for, you know, the activations that we're working towards next week. 
Absolutely love it. I do believe there is, answering your question, there is a couple of elements that make any community a su successful community in terms of long-term sustainability. And the first most obvious and vital part, it's you, G. It's the person who represents the brand, the person who is leading, who is growing this brand. People trust you. And for those of you, and I see that probably half of this space met you in person, you know that G is one of the most kindest person out there. He can laugh, he can smile, he can enjoy conversation. He spends his time explaining things to people because he actually cares about what people think about the project and how people can contribute, how people can grow with the project. Apart from that, it's obviously people who are supporting you, people who are coming. They need to have this passion for the project. In your case, in case of 9DCC, I do believe it's all about fashion. It's all about building perhaps the first fashion house on chain from scratch, understanding all the supply chain issues, understanding how to solve it through token-gated access through different communities. I do believe that people who are Got, who gathered here today to listen to you, people who are supporting you, they have this passion. And that's why all together it creates this successful pillar on which your future growth and success is lying. Other than that, I absolutely appreciate you sharing information about your team because that's something that I genuinely wanted to hear and wanted to share with the audience. I do believe that very often people are paying too much attention on G-Money, 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 but there is also other people who are supporting you, other people who are together with you, and I really wanted to give some props to them. So once again, man, thanks for sharing that. Absolutely love it. Uh, before we go to NFT NYC and all activations, all the spicy content that we have here, I want to ask you about your connection with some of traditional fashion brands. So we just figured out that you had this passion for fashion from very early age, but you being connected with Prada, you being one of ambassadors attending all of their events, being actively involved with what Adidas, not just into the metaverse, but Adidas in general, what they think, what they do, uh, you supporting Tommy Halfiger, another successful fashion house. Does it, does it give you some understanding of how traditional brands are about to approach the Step 3 space and knowing that you have your own fashion house, 90cc, that's almost one year old, that you can help them, you can have some collaborations, you can provide them with the platform, etc. Or uh, it's more some kind of inspiration for you to learn from these brands, to see what is cooking out there, to also implement some of these techniques, some of these ideas into your brands. Um, yeah, no, it's... Uh... It, it's definitely, and I, that just, I just forgot, I, I forgot to mention my design director, Brandon, um, when I was talking about my team. And I, I think that that links in closely with, with this answer right here is one of the things I love about working with him 
is that his knowledge and experience in the fashion space where, you know, he had his own luxury fashion brand uh, at one point that was selling into big box retailers and department stores and his knowledge uh, whenever it comes to design and, and sourcing and all that has been super helpful and has been like a key reason why the product has turned out the way it is, right? Where, you know, it's a high quality product. You can tell that it's well-made, right? You can tell the packaging, you know, where we spend time and thinking about every every piece um, of the process, right? And I think that becomes super important in terms of answering this question and knowing that one, obviously, you know, I'm here to learn. I understand that um, I don't have all the answers and no matter who you are, you don't have all the answers. You can always learn from somebody and especially you know, from larger fashion houses that have been doing this for, for decades, um, for sure, I, I want to learn from them, right? And I want to learn, you know, certain little parts about the process of, you know, you know, whatever it is, whether it's the design or the manufacturing and, and them offering to help and make connections obviously really helps as well. But then also understanding that they're, when it comes to new technology, they're not going to move as quickly as I am. Right. Because they have too much brand equity on the line where a lot of times like I can I, I can share an idea that I'm going to do within the next like 60 to 90 days. And I know chances are they won't beat me to market because they're so much bigger and they have to get so many internal approvals. Right. And so um, understanding that they're going to watch me and learn from me just as much as I learn from them. And part of that is because I'm here to push boundaries. I'm here to do innovative things. I'm here to do things that you know i we haven't even scratched the surface in terms of things that i want to do um that i think are possible with the tech right even i'll take for example what we did this past saturday and i don't know nikki if if you partook in it but you know there was a 12-hour window where anybody that had a physical 90 cc shirt could scan the shirt and play a game and get network points right and like that's cool. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's probably been done before, but I, I've never heard of it. Right. And it's like how like I think that that's a cool mechanic and the feedback from the community has been that that's pretty cool, too. Now, ultimately, I, I want to get that down to like a much shorter window. So I know for the people in the discord that were saying, oh, you should make it 24 hours. That number is going to go down over time, not up. Right. Because I do think that uh, there's that element of surprise and and having the shirt on you or a product on you like. Um, while you're out and about, I think it's fun and engaging. And I want to see like how that turns out. But, you know, these are things that like, the tech is there, why not use it? And why not push the boundaries? And, you know, I'm always, I'm always down to listen to people that have like wild and crazy ideas of what can be done, right? And then if it's cool enough, or it sounds fun enough, then how, how do we make it happen? Right? And I think even like, the POAP distribution that like each of our shirts have or each of our products have, because the hats will have it too starting next week. Um, that started off as like, oh, well, I think this is cool. Maybe other people think this is cool. And it turns out other people do like it. And so it's like, how do we start gamifying that even more and creating an experience around wearing the product and not just a, oh, I wear this because of X or I just like the style. It's like, cool, how do you make something that people want to wear, but then also people enjoy wearing, right? So how do you hit like all those like wants and needs in terms of Mas Maslow's hierarchy? So these are things that we think about. And I think that 
because we're a young brand and because we're in a new space, we have the opportunity to really push boundaries and, and move the space forward so that, you know, we can take those key learnings, not just internally, but also bring them to people we partner with as well. You have the right attitude. You have the right people with you. And I do believe that the timing of Web3 being still so freaking early, that all helps you to build something special in five, 10 years from now. And I know that you're definitely coming for this space going long-term. So shout out to our friends at POP who are also helping to add this fun element to whatever you do. I mean, the fact that you have the games, the fact that you have the scavenger hunt that we're going to cover in a couple of minutes, it all shows that you're not here just to make money. You're not just here to produce some product, but you're actually here to connect people, to connect people in a new way, to create some memories and experiences. And that's something that stays with people for years. That's something that people will associate you and your brand with. One last thing that I wanted to cover with you before we go to New York is perhaps the biggest event that happened in digital and metaverse fashion throughout the last year. That's, I'm obviously referring to the Metaverse Fashion Week uh organized by Decentraland. Shout out to our friend Gigi uh who organized it for the second year in a row. Tommy Halfiger, uh Dundas, Danekaran, New York, uh DNG, those are some of the brands that were creating either some experience in the metaverse or were producing and presenting uh, they're digital variables that are connected to physical goods or completely separately created. And obviously, the digital fashion, specifically in the networks, is becoming bigger and bigger. More people are engaged, more people are coming to see it. I do believe that in 10 years from now, digital fashion, that would be the fashion, and fashion will be digital fashion. There will be no difference between those two. I wanted to ask you, if you had a chance to participate in any Metaverse shows last week, if you had a chance to check it out, and uh, if you have any opinion about what uh, brands like uh, The Fabricant, Drasax, uh, BNV, etc. are building there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't participate, um, but I've seen some videos from it. I mean, listen, I, I think it looks cool. Uh, I think it's really, really early. I think my my biggest issue with digital fashion right now uh, or creating anything just purely for the metaverse is that I, I just don't think there's enough people utilizing it right now. Right. Like I, you know, my and I've, I've thought about this a lot because and I remember I had this conversation with Pranksy when I first got into the space two and a half years ago where we discussed like, you know, I told them I pitched them the idea of like a metaverse fashion company. And we were both like, ah, it's probably too early because, you know, why do you want to buy clothes for the metaverse if you're not hanging out in the metaverse, right? Like, so, you know, I, I think um, it just, it's just very early uh, for that reason. That's why I think to pivot over to, to do a digital drop um, after doing physical drops, I think, uh, becomes infinitely easier. So <laughs> if I can match if I can, if I can master what a physical drop looks like IRL, 
um, I think we'll be able to do something digitally if and when that time comes. But, you know, I think for now, me personally, I'm just watching because what's working today won't necessarily be what uh, lasts long term. You know, I was actually listening to uh, the All In podcast last week's episode. And, you know, I think it was I think it was Shamath that brought up the uh, the 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 concept of like the and they were talking about open AI uh, and chat GPT in terms of this is the first iteration. The first mover isn't always the winner. Right. Like, you know, Google came out two or three years after search was out there. There's been plenty of examples where, you know, you have not necessarily the first mover advantage. It's usually, you know, somebody that comes along a few years later that learns a little bit from uh, their predecessors and is able to really dominate. So I'm okay with waiting, right? I know I, know I don't necessarily, you know, if we have a metaverse, you know, like I, I'm, I'm more concerned with like, when is this conversation, when is this show happening in a metaverse where we're all wearing like VR headsets and we can see each other and this is like, a roundtable discussion. I think that the hardware just needs to get way better before I'm even remotely compelled to have this conversation in a metaverse. So because of that, why do I want to make something, you know, why do I want to make something that probably doesn't get used, right? If maybe it get used, you know, a thousand times a year, I, I, I would consider that, you know, a failure at this point, right? It's like, I want something that people want to use that ca they can use, right? So, um, I think what all these companies are doing is really interesting. I just think it's really early. And until we find, let's say, um, I guess product market fit or more so like an audience of people that want to use it on a very, very daily basis, I think it's going to be, it's going to be tough for adoption in the short term. But I think we're all here because we understand that in the long term, you know, things are going up and to the right. It's just a question is, does it happen? What, what time frame does it happen in, right? I love those words, my man. Uh, we're here to make some observations, to make some reflection, to build something that will be relevant in 10 years from now, not just this short-term hype, something that works in 2022 or 2023 and everyone forgets about it later on. You're definitely here for long-term growth, long-term development, and we're here to support you. And talking about support, Guys, here comes the main part, the part we've been waiting for. It's iteration three, activation, and everything that G has prepared for us in New York next week. Let's start by diving a bit deeper into the new product fit that we have as iteration three. That's a cap, and perhaps that's one of the sexiest parts of your outfits that you can have out there, definitely in terms of colors that you prepared. I remember you showed me back at NFT Paris and my reaction was, what the fuck? This looks so cool. So now I need to scan this pull up from your hat. This is wild. And uh, yeah, man, you had your first in real life activation for iteration two back at uh, Art Basel in Miami in December. It was a huge success. People were posting about it. People were enjoying having this in real life activation, communicating with you, yada, yada, yada. And I do believe that you liked it so much that you want to have more of this gamified element, more of this in real life activity with your community coming to NFT NYC. 
share with us what does it mean for you to expand your collection line it's not only about t-shirts but now we're also producing cups later on might be some hoodies might be some jackets or whatever what does it mean for you because that's the first of your products apart from two previous teas that we had back in uh december and october if i remember it right yep so you know i we definitely are going to be expanding categories for sure uh all the products that you mentioned are definitely things that are are we we want to work on in the pipeline i think the key is just making sure that we tell the story right and we do things and we'll release them at the right time right like for instance like if in a perfect world iteration two would not have been a t-shirt it would have been something else the I think the issue that we really ran into is if you wanted to really push the boundaries of what generative manufacturing looks like, currently the technology for, you know, how to make things on demand, uh, like one of one of X, right, uh, which is what we did with, with Snowfro, is the, the manufacturing capabilities of doing that right now to the quality that we want, right? Because I think it becomes really, you can do something that is really poorly done. And that is not like the quality that we want to put out there, but to put it up to the quality that we want, there's very, very limited capabilities of, of how you can do that. So that's why we had to go with a t-shirt. And I'm hoping that as the manufacturing catches up to the, the creative, the human imagination, that the products that we will be able to make on demand will get better. Like I, I think in the not too distant future, we're going to live in a world where you can walk into a Dior, a Vuitton, a Prada, and you can say, I like that bag, but I want it in this style, right? Like, I want this bag in, I don't know, yellow polka dots, right? And you can get that done. And they'll be like, all right, give us uh, 15 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever, however long it takes. And I think we're going to enter into a world of mass customization, right? And um, I think we just need to wait for the technology to catch up to where our imaginations are. So, you know, as, as we start doing um, a lot of these different things, you know, and, and I'm thinking about, you know, iteration three here is, okay, like, you know, why don't, you know, we gamify the colors of the caps, right? And like, you know, basically you, you go in and like, I, I kind of, I want to see what does it look like? Do people trade them? Like what, you know, because some people want certain colors and they're all different rarities and you don't know, you know, maybe the rarity doesn't matter to you but you, you're like, I just want that color, right? Because like people are like, oh, I want black. And uh, I agree, like black is really cool. I like the black one a lot as well. And so it's like, but like the black one is the most common, right? Because we also know that probably the most people will want it. So I think that like it becomes really interesting. And as we play around with these concepts and these different drop mechanics, I really want to be pushing the boundaries. So, um, you know, I, I'm excited to get these caps out there um, I think it's going to be a really, really fun activation, right? It, it marks the beginning of the treasure hunt uh, where, you know, we, we're going to have some cool prizes. The, the biggest prize being an unminted chromie swiggle, which Snowfro was gracious enough to donate. Uh, another one is a tattoo by Snuffy, who, uh, you know, designed the pins. And I know I teased uh, the pizza box pin a few weeks ago. We have... We have pins at every location while supplies last. So, you know, if you get there early, you actually, you obviously have a higher probability 
of collecting the pin from that stop as well as collecting the POAP. So I think there's a lot of cool things. I really want people to have a good time. New York is my hometown. So I, I really want to showcase some of my favorite parts of New York that aren't necessarily um, the, the touristy spots, right? Like I'm, I'm not going to send you to the Empire State Building or the Statue of Liberty or, or whatever. It's like, I'm going to send you, you know, to a, a place that like I would go to um, regardless of, you know, what day it is. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, Joe's Pizza. Let's fucking go to Joe's Pizza, hang out and have a slice. So I think it's, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. People should definitely look at it as a way to explore city, as a way to enjoy during this one week long madness. For example, for me, I haven't been in New York for over 10 years right now. So you giving me guidance on some of the most iconic places with some of the dopest people in the space. That's basically all I can wish I know that a lot of people are waiting for alpha, waiting for some guidance and deeper explanation about what to expect from Scavenger Hunt. G-Man, Warren himself, Rippy, I know that everyone will participate. I know that everyone wants to get that squiggle, that everyone wants to have a lot of cool time, cool experience with those people, as I referred to it before. Share with us some alpha. Share with us what can we expect during next week and how should we prepare for it actually um yeah so we're we have i think over the next week we're gonna have a lot of information coming out right so uh definitely i'd say tune in to the 90cc twitter um and we're gonna have we're gonna create obviously a landing page so we have all the information on one page on our website uh one of the the things that like i want to make sure and like we we kept all of the stops pretty much, I think, except for maybe one in downtown Manhattan, right? Because I don't want people spending an hour on the train going back and forth to places because New York, it can be a big place. Like I, I don't, one of my favorite <clears throat> episodes of Seinfeld or what I guess jokes from Seinfeld was, you know, Jerry lived on the Upper West Side. And at one point he was dating a woman that lived in the Lower East Side. Now, anybody that has spent any time in New York knows that it is almost impossible to get to the from the Lower East Side to the Upper West Side easily by train. You have to like do like one or two connections. And if you take a taxi, it's like a one hour taxi. So it's the, and like I remember his friends were making fun of him for dating long distance. And you're like, when you look at it, bird's eye view, it's like a mile away. But it is long distance and it's really far in New York City. So one of the things we wanted to do was keep things generally focused within like four or five neighborhoods you know, uh, downtown south of 14th street for the most part, you know, the bodega stop itself is at 14th and B and there's like a lot of, there's a lot of personality in New York and, and every neighborhood you go to has its own personality, right? Like what the Lower East Side looks like is very different than what, you know, the village looks like. It's very different than what the Upper East Side looks like, which is very different than the Upper West Side. So, um, I think it's, it's really cool. It's showing some of my favorite parts. Um, in terms of alpha, I mean, I would say, I mean, uh, on the 12th, I'd say get there early. The hats are going to be first come, first serve. Um, and, you know, it, the, the way we designed the, the treasure hunt isn't going to be like first one to complete it wins. It's going to be, you know, everybody has like an equal opportunity. And then the people that complete uh, 
go to a certain amount of stops and let's say collect a certain amount of po-ops uh, from different people, from meeting different people. Because part of this also is I want to encourage people to meet each other, right? Because one of my, I, I, you know, like we're all here because we're builders. We're all here in the middle of a bear market, right? Like we all believe in the tech. So, you know, I'm hoping to connect people and have people, you know, maybe make a new friend, maybe find a new business partner, uh, whatever it is. I think that those relationships become super invaluable over time. And, you know, that's one of the things that I'm trying to do with the brand too, is how do you create this network of people that can find each other in real life that want to interact with each other. Um, so that's kind of like the basis for, for, for the treasure hunt and, you know, make it fun, show people sides of New York that maybe they might not see if they're, if New York is not their hometown, because we all know um, the places where, where uh, the tourist trap places, right. Where, you know, people are like, Oh, should I go here? Should I go there? And, it's funny, even in a couple group chats, some people are like, oh, like I'm going to stay like in Times Square. And then people that live in New York are like, you don't want to stay in Times Square. Stay in these areas, right? You want to stay as way uh, as far, like as a New Yorker that lived in New York for 13 years, I can count like maybe less than, uh, maybe 10 times, maybe 20 times over the course of 13, 14 years where I actually like went to Times Square to hang out, right? Um, and it was only really because there was somebody that was visiting that or going to a conference or whatever. So I want to I want to show some of my favorite parts of the city to people coming to visit. Absolutely love it. And I do believe that the fact that you are creating this not just gamified, but actually fun experience for people to enjoy throughout the whole day. It shows how you want people to associate your brand with. It shows how you uh, would spend time in New York and what you like. What do you represent? Talking about the scavenger hunt, should we expect it to be the whole day long? Because I know that you are having a big party for Admit One uh, members later the same night. So is it work hard, party harder? So, yeah, so we have a party uh, that night on the 12th. I'd say a, a lot of the stops are going to be multi-day stops where you can show up between like a certain time window uh, across a couple different days so that it's not like all one day that you need to like get everything in. So, you know, because I also understand that there's other there's other activations that are happening uh, in NFT NYC as well. So I know there, there's going to be maybe a couple of things where like, oh, I don't have time to get there today. I can get there tomorrow, right? So that there's going to be windows where, windows and timeframes where you can show up to different places because that the last thing I want to do is I, I don't want to monopolize everybody's time the entire week, right? I want you to be able to have opportunities and optionality to kind of, you know, do things on your own time. I know that there's a couple of act activations happening out in Brooklyn, in terms of what other people are working on. I personally didn't want to have to send anybody to Brooklyn because I know that, you know, going to and from Brooklyn could be a really a long trek uh, depending on the time of the day. So I wanted to focus on keeping it in Manhattan, but I, I don't, I didn't want it so that people are like, all right, like I'm devoting the entire day to the treasure hunt. Like, you know, you could, <clears throat> a lot of them are like, you walk, you can walk up, you know, collect the POAP. And, you know, if you're in the neighborhood, you can just swing on over. Right. And a lot of this is kind of born from uh, the fact that when I did my original scavenger hunt in BTC Miami, 
where I just, you know, I picked a place uh, within like three blocks of the actual convention and I tweeted it out and people went there, people made friends, people just hung out, whether, you know, you came, you came and you left right away or you came and you hung out and, you know, hung out for 15 minutes, an hour, whatever. Um, I just allowed a place for people to meet. And so that's kind of the same concept that I want to do with this. So, you know, the goal of it is not to monopolize your time. The goal of it is to show you different parts of New York, hopefully make a new friend and just enjoy the city. Absolutely love it, my man. You're definitely crushing it. One more thing that you just recently launched to prove that you're crushing the space, that you're continuing to innovating is... 9DCC network points. Some things that you launched less than a week ago and some things that people have already started guessing. How do you get these points? How do you get in your uh, leaderboard higher? So your admin one that gives you X number of points, your 9DCC, etc. Is it going to have any uh, role in the upcoming scavenger hunt, in the upcoming activations in New York, or that is something to be there long-term and it has a bigger picture, bigger role? Uh, the network points are something that are bigger picture, bigger role. It's more to you know ex experiment with how to incentivize behavior uh, that, and not financialize it and just gamify it. Uh, I There's no plans to have anything explicitly be part of the scavenger hunt um, in order to, to get network points, but I'm sure there'll be some, some activations here and there. And I, you know, I think this is a learning process as well. And I spoke about this at length with, uh, the community last week where, listen, we're not, you know, we're not going to get it right out of the gate, right? We had to, we had to put out something that we thought works, uh, and I'm open to people's feedback. And I think it, it's been fun watching people figure it try to figure out and figure out like what's worth what um, you know, what, you know, get people interactive and, and seeing <clears throat> the different um, player types they're called uh, in terms of gamification. There's, there's uh, a lot of different players in whatever game it is, whether it's like a Fortnite game, a uh, league of legends game, or just gamification of an experience IRL. There's different ways that people react to different things. So it's going to be fun to watch, people play within the ecosystem and grow. And like, I, we've already started to see it. Like there's, there's some people in the community that are like pressure testing it. Right. And trying to see, you know, what points give what and see how they can move up or down the leaderboard. Um, but it's been fun, you know, and, but my goal, at least for, for this uh, treasure hunt is to not necessarily tie network points to it. It's more to create an engagement and also bring in new community members and I encourage, you know, and I've had this conversation with everybody at uh, in A1. And also, like, uh, you know, if anybody's planning on coming to the pop-up, come with friends, right? Come, come by. Like, I think it's going to be a cool experience. And, you know, if you guys, if you get there early enough, you can get a free hat, you know, that is, I don't know, it's, I'm, I'm very biased. It's my favorite hat, but I, no reason for me to be biased. But yeah, uh, I, I love the hat. I've been wearing it nonstop. And I've been getting a ton of compliments on it as well. So that's been really cool uh, from, you know, my fashionista friends that are kind of a little snobby sometimes when it comes to, uh, <clears throat> to, to fashion and new brands. So the feedback I've gotten has been really good. So I'm hoping uh, to, 
to kind of have a great time to introduce new new people to the community. Uh, and then, you know, they can decide, you know, this is the same exact thesis I had with CryptoPunks <clears throat> two years ago where I wanted, I, the reason why I spent so much time educating people on CryptoPunks was because I wanted them to understand the reason why CryptoPunks might be valuable. And if they could at least wrap their heads around that, then they can decide for themselves how deep down the rabbit hole they wanted to go. Maybe they're just like, okay, NFTs are not for me, but I understand why you might buy value to them. Maybe they're like, oh, okay, cool. I get this. I find this intriguing. I want to buy, you know, either a CryptoPunk or I want to buy another NFT or whatever. And they really just, it's like a choose your own adventure. They decide how deep down the rabbit hole they want it to go. And I have the same exact concept with 90CC where it's like, I want to introduce you to the brand. I want to introduce you to the community. I want to introduce you to the, the gamification. And if this is a game you want to play, that's cool. I'd love to have you. If it's not, it's a game you want to casually play, that's also fine. But I think, you know, when you talk about, let's say, funnels, right? Like that's the real top of funnel. And the key is making sure people become aware of the brand and the things that we're doing so that even if it's not for them and maybe, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's from a design perspective or they just are, don't want to partake in it, that's cool, but at least they know what's happening, right? And that's, that's really the goal with this activation that we're doing at NFT NYC is to create an experience and a fun experience so that people want to come back for more. It's definitely my favorite cap for sure, and I'm not as biased as you are, so it already says about something. Where else can people see you apart from 90cc activations on Wednesday? Are you coming to Snuffy's event? Have you already been to his exhibition? What else are you doing? Proof of people, NFT NYC. Uh, so yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm going to be going, I'm going to be popping up probably at a couple of our different stops that we're doing. Um, I don't necessarily have anything really set in stone. I'm going to be bouncing around. I'm most, I'm probably not going to be out in Brooklyn. I'm not going to go to the actual conference itself. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to be mostly in downtown Manhattan for the most part and just jumping around to be perfectly honest. I'm staying nearby. I have huge plans to come to Snuffy's event because, like, his exhibition yeah, looks so, really dope. So, I mean, I guess maybe here's probably some alpha because I don't. I'm pretty sure this hasn't been announced yet. But one of the stops is going to be Snuffy's uh, gallery, Palo Gallery. Um, so <clears throat> you're definitely going to be able to stop by there, see Snuffy's amazing work because, like, I mean, his stuff. <clears throat> when you see it, IRL, like the camera doesn't do it justice to how beautiful it is when you do it in real, when you see it in real life. So uh, his, his gallery is on Bond street in NoHo and it's in, it's in a really cool spot of the city and definitely go check it out. And that's going to, that's going to be one of the spots. There's, there's your alpha. That's one of the spots that, uh, that we're going to, that's one of the stops on the treasure hunt. We're going to be there G for sure. For those who haven't registered for Bodega Takeover yet, I just pinned the, twin, uh, the tweet once again for you guys to make sure that you are coming, that you are a part of this fun and uh, actually long-term experience that we're going to have there in New York. Other than that, G, it's always pleasure to hear your voice, to get energized, with your positive attitude. You're a true 
visionary, you're a good friend. You're an amazing person to meet in real life. And I hope that the majority of the audience will have a chance to chat with you because you're amazing. Thank you very much for coming today. Oh boy, you're amazing. Dude, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm looking forward to spending some time with you at NFT NYC, the bodega. I guess the key dates are Wednesday, April 12th at 10 a.m. is when the bodega opens up. I'd say get there early. Um, I'm, I keep an eye out. I'm, I'm probably going to post uh, a tweet in the next few hours of uh, the thing you have to order and the backstory of why you have to order that when you get to the counter in order to get the, the treat. Um, and so it should be fun. It should be good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. Gee, thank you once again. Thank you to the audience who have been with us. You have heard all this alpha, all this insights. Vini, I know that she's going to join me uh, on all the events around New York, Creepy, uh, Sierra. Guys, thank you very much for joining us today. It was a pleasure. Origins XYZ coming every Tuesday, 2 p.m. GMT or 9 a.m. EST next week. It will be on Friday with my friends from NFT NYC, both co-founders, Jody and Cameron are planning to join me live from the conference. If you are there, come and say hi. I'll be happy to have you on my show. Other than that, guys, you all are amazing. Have a productive Tuesday ahead, and I see everyone in New York in one week from now. Love you. Enjoy it, guys.